Welcome to another episode of In the Midnight Hour podcast with your hosts, Keller and Lauren. And we are excited to bring you a great episode today. Lauren has been putting in the hours. She has researched <laughs> our topic uh, adamantly for you guys. Yeah, I've been gals. I've been at the computer for a couple of days now. Um, really, since I finished up the first episode, I have been sitting at the computer researching. Getting into this topic. She's jazzed. Yeah, I am. Um, I, this is a topic that I like. Um, and it was, it, I think it was my idea to do this one. Yes. I and we're going to get into the topic. Yeah. But first, let's do some housekeeping. Yes. Our first episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, I can't believe how many text messages and how many people have reached out <clears throat> just to say oh my gosh, I loved it, or it was so funny, or... Or I hated it, it was the worst thing I ever heard. (laughs) Yeah, or this... I I want to kill myself. Yeah, actually, no, 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 they said, you kill yourself, (laughs) and never get into a mic, never record (laughs) ever again. Yeah. But no, seriously, it's been bizarre to have feedback on something that we kind of put out and we're both like embarrassed by a little bit and felt you know like it's our first episode it's weird there's like a there was a major anxiety not only recording it but actually posting it and it sounded like I took an Ambien right before we yeah yeah and and I promise I've told everyone who I've talked to in real life this but he was just really tired and we recorded it on like a Wednesday night and he had to get up for work the next day. And it was literally 1 o'clock in the morning when we finished. So he was completely over it. He was just ready to go to bed. And he has to wake up at 8. So it was a lot for him that night. So we were pushing through. Yes. But it was good. We had a good time. Yeah. And it was fun and to, to test it out and to get to know, get a feel for it. Yeah, it was um, fun. Yeah. And then I edited the episode. And it was... Uh, you know, a labor of love. It, I, I have such a new respect for podcasters now because I took, I mean, it was like, I did it all in one day and I had to learn a software for how to edit it. But when I say I did it all in one day, I mean, I like manically, obsessively sat down and edited it for probably close to 10 hours because we had two hours of raw footage or audio and we had to sit there and well, I had to sit there and just listen to it and then find the places that I wanted to cut out. And we got it cut down to an hour. So it's just a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Um, learned a lot about the, the process and the system of doing it. And yes. so when you listen to it that much, as much as we both have, you get completely numb to it and you forget that, oh, yeah, there might be like a little joke in there that's legitimately funny for other people. So... Thank you to everyone who sent a text message. Thank you to everyone who shared it with their friends and they thought it was good. Like, it's completely shocking to us. And we're just happy that one single person listened all the way through besides yes. us. Yes, it was a pleasant surprise. And, and um, yeah, we're excited to get in this new episode today. Yeah. And, and 
I'll try it, not to burp on the, <laughs> on the podcast Well, I think again. from what I've heard, I think the people liked the burp. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the, that that the, was well received. The jury's in. Okay. But, um, yeah, so we changed up our format a little bit this week. We were sitting at our dining room table, which felt a touch formal. And it don't I don't know why it didn't occur to us before, but these actual conversations we have were sitting down on our couch for 90% of it, I would say, or we're sitting in the car. So when we were researching it, we started talking to each other about the actual topic we're going to be discussing today. And I looked at Keller and I was like, I want you to talk to me like this. And he was like, well, then we need to sit on the couch. So to put you where we are, we're sitting on our couch right now. The room is very dark. We have a couple candles lit. We have the fireplace going and I made myself a, I think a double shot of tequila, some water, and then a little lemonade, like one of the little squeezy Mio things. And Mio is, I told you that the other day, Mio is dangerous when mixed with alcohol. Yeah, because you, you don't taste, taste anything. It. it just tastes like flavored water. Yes. I mean, it is dangerous. And so that's why I did it. Because I was like, I need to get a little loosened up. I'm feeling a little stiff. I had a bridal shoot today that lasted two hours, and it was like an hour away. So you get a little worked up. So I didn't want to come on here and be super stiff. But yeah, so I'm I'm sipping on that. Speaking of stiff, I'm drinking a scotch on the rocks. Yes. So. It's delicious. Whenever this. My new thing. That's my new thing. Scotch. Uh, I like it. I, ne- <laughs> <laughs> I never did. And yeah, I don't, but I don't he's really like been... whiskey or bourbon, but scotch, for some reason, it's good. I, I got a taste for it. I was drinking scotch and waters at the bar the other day. That's my that's my new order, my new go-to. Yeah, and scotch that's and, that's how and I am waters. with tequila and water. If I can get it, if I can make it, I'm definitely going to go for a tequila water. And if I'm at a bar, I'll just do a, you know, a couple of squeezes of a lemon, and that's tart enough to <clears throat> cut through the tequila. But, yeah, so yeah. if – and when, or not if, but when this episode comes out, put yourself in our shoes. You know, sit down on your couch, dim the lights, Take get a your stiff. Pants off. Yeah, yeah. Start masturbating. <laughs> pull your cock out. Yeah. <laughs> pull your vaginas. Pull your vaginas <laughs> or out. Or just pull your whole v- vagina out. <laughs> no, but get on the couch, get your pajamas. Masturbating is optional. And get a stiff drink. I mean, I guess you can listen to it in the morning too, or like on your walk, whatever. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter. But that's how we are. We're doing it. That's how we're getting into it. (laughs) Well, let's talk about our topic today. Okay, Lauren, why don't you tell the people what we're going to be talking about today? All right, so we're going to talk about cryptids today. What the hell is a cryptid? Well, funny that you asked, because I've got about uh, five or six pages of notes. Do tell. Okay. So, a cryptid, according to Wikipedia, the best of sources, did a lot of research, like I said. So, cryptozoology is a pseudoscience and subculture that searches for and studies unknown, legendary, or extinct animals whose present existence is disputed or unsubstantiated, particularly those popular in folklore, such as Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, 
Yeti, the Chupacabra, or the Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil. Yeah, that one's a fun one. If you've never heard of that, we're not covering that in this episode, but we plan on having, quick note, we plan on having more than one. I feel like the Jersey Devil is just Ronnie from the Jersey Shore. Oh, yeah. He's the Jersey Devil. The Jersey Shore Devil. (laughs) God, I love that show. (laughs) But, uh... That was a big, big part of my adolescence as well. Yeah, that's why you're so fucked up. <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, that's what I thought adulthood was going to be like, was going to the club on Fist the Jersey Shore, gym tan laundry, grenades. That's what I thought like being in your 20s was like, and then I realized it's not. <laughs> I mean, for some people. Over there, but, was, yeah. yeah. Okay, so back back to the topic. So, cryptozoology is the study of these creatures. A cryptid is the actual creature. So, it is Bigfoot, <coughs> the Loch Ness Monster, Yeti, all that. A mythical beast. Yeah, it, it's it's not, it's an unknown, it's legendary, it's oftentimes in popular folklore. Um, it, it can be regional, it's global, there's cryptids all across, I would say, every part of the world um but yeah in america we learned that they're very hyper regional cryptids and there's tales from literally every state Mm -hmm. um so that was really fun to look at and dive deep into was the fact that there's so many Mm -hmm. that i had never heard of there was a lot that i heard of because like i said i do really enjoy this because i think it's fascinating and strange and kind of spooky and the idea that there might be this out there and science just hasn't caught up to it yet or the idea that it's just you know it's just a story it's just a it's a story and people are you know the 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 human spirit people like to tell stories and they like to have the traditional storytelling it's it's just it could be a ghost story or it could be something that is real and that we just don't understand yet. Well, really, that's that's all we have to go by, right? Is people's stories. Yeah, eyewitness accounts. This. I saw the Loch Ness monster. I saw Bigfoot. Sometimes there's photographic evidence, but a lot of times, you know, that isn't exactly like 100% provable. And a lot of times, those people come out and they say that they did fake it after. But we do have like artist renderings of what these creatures look like. So, I don't know. I have a lot of people in my life who have told me crazy stories about ghostly, spooky encounters they've had. So, I'm inclined to believe what people are saying is the truth, whether or not what they saw was actually what they claimed to have you know, seen. It, it, it could they be... They saw something, but... But it could have been something so benign and not what they thought it was because right. fear will make you see things that's not really there. Right. Like when you look into the corner of your room at night and you see a man standing there, but you turn the lights on and it's actually a chair with clothes hanging on it, you know? Which it I've could, done. Yeah. Or, or in my case, the, the towels hanging on the door. Yeah. Will give you quite a fright. Sit up and think somebody was trying to kill me. Yeah. Like every night until we moved into this new house. Thank I goodness. haven't done it since then. I think you did right when we first moved here, but I think that was just anxiety. I don't remember any of these. No, I think that was just parents. anxiety about moving here. 
And like just the general moving into a new house. But at our old house, you did it pretty much every night. You would sit up in the middle of the night, stare at the doorway, which was, you know, it was a pretty far distance from the bed. But it was directly in front of our bed, but far away. And we always had towels hanging off the back of the door. I semi remember some of them and I I would sit up and I would just stare because I would think... I swear somebody was standing in the doorway and I would just stare and all of a sudden you would, would kind of come the through. towels would come into focus yeah and I'd say oh it's just towels yeah and every night that I'm he did this <laughs> what I was like oh I'm just a pussy <laughs> no I think that you were having like partially night terrors too because so many nights you would wake up and then I would immediately wake up with you and you would be sitting straight up in bed staring. And then I would come over to you and be like, it's okay. Like, it's just the towels. There's nothing there. And you'd be like, huh? Like, you don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. And then you would just lay back down and go to yeah, sleep. Like, uh, and my CPAP mask is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you would have no idea what I was talking yeah, yeah. about the then next I'd day. All right. Back to sleep. Five yes. seconds later. So do you, have any cryptids that you would like to tell us about? Well, before we get into the cryptids, let me cover okay. let me cover a few bases because there's probably a few people who have no idea what this is. Okay. So, as we've established, cryptozoology is the study of cryptids, and cryptids are the actual creatures, i.e. Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster. So, it's definitely considered a pseudoscience because they people who go out and look for these creatures usually do not follow a scientific method and they're just like going out into the woods looking for whatever creature or they're staring (laughs) at the sky looking for a ufo it's like that guy that was i think he was on tv that he wore the trucker hat says like gone squatching and he had like long hair that looked greasy as hell yeah they're just people who go like regular people yeah they're not like scientists going out and Looking for uh, there's other following video. the scientific method. There's other video is a mountain man. He's like, I seen Bigfoot. It's standing right off my porch. It had ten toes on each foot, and it had six fingers on each hand. I want to know how oh, he, he saw the detail. He was how like, did he see the detail of like a, the fingers and the toes? Because I it must can't. Have been close. He said I was close to it. it but had, how close do you have to be to make out? Because I'm telling you. You have to be right near me for me to be able to tell. Like, I'm looking at you right across from me, and I can see that you have five fingers. But if you were standing in our kitchen right now, I don't know. He said, it had beautiful hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. Good God. What does that even mean? It had beautiful hair. Maybe Bigfoot's washed in a pond somewhere, and he's got some... He's got some shampoo and conditioner he's using, some natural. Or he was sexually aroused by the Bigfoot. Or that. Yeah. All right. So back to the subject at hand. So it's like I was saying, it's more just like common stories, uh, legends, myths. tales, wives' tales. Yeah. It's just stories and, and like the oral tradition of storytelling being passed down in in towns across America, across the world. 
And it's it's the legend that you hear about in your town, the spooky place, the haunted bridge, et cetera, et cetera. It's that yes. kind of thing. In Greenwood, we had the Rock House. In Belton, we had the um, Crybaby Bridge, yeah. which is like very popular. I feel like there's a Crybaby Bridge everywhere. Like, yeah, I, that, that, that's a very popular one, but ours is extremely creepy. Yes, and you've been there, right? Multiple times. I've been to the Rock House before. Yeah, I've And I will I've say Rock on, House Road in Greenwood, South Carolina is terrifying yeah. at night if you go down there. That's what we would go to Crybaby Bridge at night and walk on it and you would hear stuff and obviously I think that this like in you know in hindsight I think that it was probably birds and our fear combined to make a cocktail that was horrifying which is probably what happens in a lot of these stories but yes so before we sort of get into it do you have any like before we actually learn the facts before we get into the facts of it do you believe in any of these creatures right now hmm. where do you kind of stand on it well i don't know but bigfoot i feel like there could be a bigfoot out there somewhere and i, I don't yeah, i definitely I, agree with that i want to keep an open mind and say no these creatures don't exist because i was looking up and i saw where this uh Indiana University Bloomington blog post, and it was talking about seven species that used to be cryptids. Mm -hmm. And uh, Komodo dragon was in there, mm -hmm. the kangaroo, the platypus. Um, and and it, it was basically, it says here, the Komodo dragon, until 1910, stories of a giant lizard on the island of Komodo were laughed at by any respectable science scientist. So these people would go there, and they'd come back and say, you won't believe what I saw here. It's a giant fucking lizard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A carn carnivorous lizard that lives on this island. And the guy's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bob. Yeah. Go back to your... Uh, go back to your office there. Yeah, you need to put down the moonshine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, in this context, context, they're basically saying that you know, these were considered cryptids, mm -hmm. animals or things that we haven't yet discovered. Yeah. Science hasn't yet discovered or classified. Yeah. So who am I to say? You know, there may... I mean, the entire deep ocean is full of quote-unquote cryptids. Yeah, There's absolutely. like animals in there that we've never seen before mm -hmm. that haven't been classified. And as soon as they get classified, they're like, oh, that's a, that's a, you know transparent fish mm. but, but when you see it or a giant squid it's like completely clear fish that when you can see its brain like it looks like an alien it yeah. looks crazy yeah but it's just normal because they're like oh okay it's classified it's a thing yeah. yeah yeah so that so i definitely um i tend to believe in some and some are you know you you do the research and then you find out that there's like explanations behind it but i definitely think having an open mind about it is you know key i definitely think that there's a great possibility that science just hasn't caught up and that we have a massive world that we haven't explored but i also think that fear i think that isolation i think that mental illness i think that there's a lot of other factors that can play into these um into these stories that 
are really compelling at first, and then you realize, okay, this is and just people lying, just people yeah, saying, yeah, I saw this, yeah, and they really didn't, yeah, yeah. people who just want to get put on, what is it, the History Channel does like ancient aliens and stuff, yeah, I feel like the History Channel has took a turn. Well, all, all when I was little, it. like History Channel did like World War Two docs, but yeah, and then so now it's full blown, you know, ancient aliens and treasure hunting and yeah so now it's like some people just want to get put on that but i i going back to whether i believe in cryptids i think that yeah in, in the sense of that um blog post that i just read yeah i do believe in cryptids because cryptids are just undiscovered animals they're just undiscovered mm. um unclassified animals that we've yet to you know, science has yet to classify yeah. And give a name to, yeah. but I think what we're talking about here is more of the paranormal, spooky, Bigfoots, your goat mans, yeah. your you know s- stuff that's a little freaky and out there, you yeah. Know, that 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 come up out of a lake and grab you and your yeah, family and hurry. It's, it's a lot of these are still completely unsolved in the sense that people have put forward theories to try to explain cryptids, but none of them really nails it on the head. And so I'm a little more skeptical about these kind of cryptids okay. because, I mean, in the, in the re- just in the research I did for this, mm-hmm. I'd be reading something, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then I would, I would get into it, and then I'd find a news clipping that said, like, oh, yeah, that, that they tested the DNA of the, the said cryptid, and it was just yeah. a dog. Yeah. Or the guy was lying. Well, I'll be honest and say that, so I do know a lot about cryptids to start with. Um, I pulled some stories that I had never heard, and I pulled some that I had heard. So some of these stories I do kind of believe, and maybe I'm just... Like I don't, I don't know if I would say that I'm hopeful that these things exist because it'd be fucking horrifying if they did, but... I do you like want the idea. to believe. Yeah, I want to believe. I want to believe. You have a UFO tattoo on your wrist. Yeah, so I want to believe that yeah. you there's want to believe. supernatural, unexplainable things out in the world. I think that the world would be a lot more interesting if there were these type of things out there. All right, so let's get back into the history now. According to cryptozoologists, the study of cryptids has been ongoing ever since the 15th century BC in ancient Egypt. Wow. So, not our timeline of A.D. This is a extremely long time ago. So, I was always taught that B.C. was before Christ. That's not accurate, I don't think. No, it's A.D. Something. means Anno Domini, and, and that's Latin, but I don't know what that actually means. Yes. I know that they people say after death, yes, like after yeah, the death of Christ. Heard. That's what they teach you in Sunday school. Yeah, well, that that's for a future episode that I have lined up, but we'll get in we'll get into that later. But so basically, all you need to know is a long as fuck time ago, uh, according to cryptozoologists, they were studying this in ancient Egypt. Now that is according to cryptozoologists, so mm-hmm. keep that, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Yes, and during the reign of I'm I'm literally going to have to play it off of Google because I physically cannot say this queen, this pharaoh's name. So, oh, it's, it's playing and I'm not, I don't even have my sound on. 
and a car is going according, by. According to... Okay, so yeah. During the reign of Queen... Hatshepsut. Hatshepsut. Yeah. Okay. So you did good. During the reign of Queen Hatshepsut in the 15th... <laughs> I literally can't say it, but you know what I'm trying to say. You, you get it. In the 15th century B.C., Ships regularly crossed the Red Sea in order to obtain goods. The fleet brought back several ships full of animals that were undiscovered and recorded prior to that event. So they're claiming that during the reign of this queen. What's what's the queen again? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) During the reign of this queen that she would send out fleets and that they would go off to distant places, distant lands, and that they would come back full of all these animals that they didn't know what the fuck they were. Mm. You know, now I think in modern times we can probably say they just weren't animals they were familiar with. Yeah. You know, but at the time, and like I said, according to cryptozoologists, they claim that this is when cryptozoology started, was you know, during this really old time and people didn't know what these animals were and they were bringing back all these mysterious animals. So I think that that is kind of the basic history. We've touched the important things that pertain that you need to know right now. So we're going to move on to some actual cases of cryptids. Spooky, scary. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to start with the first one, and this one is The Mothman. Oh, gosh. I've heard about this one. The Mothman. Mm. Okay, so The Mothman is very popular. Most people, I feel like, have heard about The Mothman. But it's still terrifying. It's like the perfect cryptid to me. It, to me, it's, it's, it's right up there with Bigfoot. The Mothman originates from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. West Virginia. Well, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) We're off to a great start, guys. (laughs) We're starting in West Virginia. Okay. So, according to competing theories, it was here on November 15th, 1966. Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette were driving together on State Route 62 near the abandoned National Guard Armory building and power plant when they saw a menacing figure standing six to seven feet tall. The Mothman is described as having humanoid shape with moth-like wings and red glowing eyes. Mm. So I'm going to show you a rendering of the Mothman. Okay. And you're going to kind of give your thoughts Oh, well, that drawing, he's humongous. He's like as big as this guy. Okay, well, I think that they're like... But he's six, a six or seven foot tall here. Yeah, okay. I think they're taking a little artistic liberty Good there. Yeah, she has horns, red eyes, wings. Well, that's like a moth has the antennas. Like, oh, like okay, that. okay. Yeah, so that's moth antennas, not horns. Okay, okay. Yeah. I would be terrified if I yeah, saw if you that were driving, driving down the road put I... yourself in their shoes. You're driving along the road, you're with another couple who you're friends with, and you're driving down the middle of a street at night, no big deal. You do this all the time. And 
out of nowhere in the middle of the road, you see a seven foot tall man figure who's cloaked in shadow. He's got massive moth-like wings and the most prominent feature is his red glowing eyes. Mm. I think that's when I'd step on the gas and Okay, well you have the right I'll idea. Drive this motherfucker. You have <laughs> You have the right idea. So the couples of course immediately drove away as fast as possible back to the town. Mm. The problem was is that the Mothman followed them back. So according to eyewitnesses, it was very clumsy, quote unquote, as a walker, mm. like walking around. It, it didn't really have a lot of balance. It wasn't a great walker. It flew. But it was an excellent flyer. Oh, that's, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. So the car drove away, reaching speeds upwards of 100 miles per hour. And the creature had no problem following them. Mm. It was staying. So just imagine you're in your car, you're driving. You're literally foot on the gas pedal to the floor, driving 100 miles an hour, and this creature is right alongside you looking at you through your window. Oh, And it's nighttime, and in my mind, I always picture this on like a country back road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's no other lights around besides the illumination for your headlights. And his glowing red eyes. Yeah, and he's fucking flying alongside of your car 100 miles per hour. This he is said, my nightmare. He said, you want to see some real speed? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know why, but this story... I think it's because he could fly. That is like the worst part. Yeah. This but this story is my nightmare. Ever since I heard about that specific part of the Mothman story, every time we go down a back road, and we live in a country-ass town, so there's a lot of country back roads. So every time that I'm coming home from a photo shoot... You think about the Mothman? Yes. <laughs> every time? Not every time. I'm, I'm, I'm embellishing. Can you imagine the it's of the story. 1966? That, that's what you said? Yeah. They're, on, they're probably on a double date. They are. They're on a double date. Cruising with my baby. They're about to have an orgy. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say they're going to the sock hop. Yeah, they're cruising. Yeah. And then they're like, to my daddy, what the fuck? And then they do the right thing and they drive away. They don't fuck around with it. They drive away. You know, they're like, and they're like, oh yeah, we're going. We're going. Yeah. Mothman said, bet. And it flies after them 100 miles an hour. But this is, this is haunting me. Every time, okay, not every time, now that you've called me out on it, but a lot of times when I'm coming home from shoots, I turn my car on and my headlights pop out, and all I can picture is the Mothman sitting at the end of my headlights standing in the road. I'm like, and you know he can catch you. You know he can get you. Mm. You know the car isn't doing that much. Okay, After the initial sighting of the creature, the townspeople started to blame the Mothman on mysterious disappearances and strange sightings around town. And the town was not happy. When they found out about this story, contrary to what most people would do, they believed the couple. And they got their pitchforks and they were like, no, you picked the wrong town. 
I said, you don't fuck with West Virginia. Yeah. It gets printed in the newspaper. It's big news in the town. So now you are on guard. You uh-huh. do start looking, you know, at the shadows a little bit harder. You do start, if your dog all of a sudden goes missing, you do think maybe the Mothman flew out of the sky and snatched it. And at that point, they don't even call it the Mothman. They literally just think that there's some devil demon creature flying around trying to scare people or try, possibly trying to kill people. Mm. The story was actually popularized through the book, The Mothman Prophecies, written by John Keel, which was later made into a film. And the film was made in 2002. And it starred Richard Gere. Richard Gere, that's a big name. Yeah, it's a big name associated with it. And it really took the story of the Mothman and blew it up. Mm. And that honestly is what a lot of people know the Mothman from, is from that. And that's Mm. what they closely associate it with. Let's touch on some theories as to where the Mothman came from. Some people have put forward the idea that the Mothman is an alien or an interdimensional monster. There are even theories that the Mothman was a herald of doom or a messenger of bad news, signaling a dark change in society or simply signalizing (laughs) or simply signifying death. Mm. According to Joe Nickel, an author and investigator with the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, the original Mothman likely owes his existence to a more mundane, though no less interesting, culprit and owl. Nickel says that he takes the description of eyewitnesses and tries to place it with an animal. And lastly, there are claims that the entire situation was a product of mass hysteria. Okay, so we've got a lot of different things to touch on there. So we've got the alien, interdimensional creature. We've got, it's a herald of doom, a messenger of bad news. And we've got an owl. Okay. So, so what? I'm, lo- I'm looking up here, owls, it says owls can fly up to 20, 10 to 20 miles per hour. And then it also says has a top speed of 40 miles an hour. So that, I, I want to touch base. Which is yeah. still fast. Yeah, but that's, that's not, not 100, 100 miles, miles per hour. hour. And I think one of the biggest flaws with the owl theory is the fact that they said it was six to seven feet tall. That's a big, that's a big owl. Yeah, and it had red glowing eyes, which to be fair, now that I say that, it could have been the reflection, the glare from the headlights. Like our cat's eyes turn different colors when weird lights hit them. Mm-hmm. But... Our cats are not six to seven feet tall. Okay. So to me, that is a big problem with the, the theory of an owl. You know, I think that this guy has the right idea. He's just trying to yeah. dispel fear. So what other theories are out there of what the Mothman could be? They are there any? Yeah. Yeah. They said that there are some people who claim the entire situation was a product of mass hysteria. And that, like, the, the couples... They just made it up. And then well, or they out. made it up, or they were high or drunk or something, and they saw this crazy thing, but it wasn't really what it was. Hmm. They told the town, and then everyone panicked. Mass hysteria is a possibility. Yes. Where the town's just freaking out. Yes. And then that 
makes it a thing because the town made it a thing. Yeah, because everyone believes what these people said. It's a small town. The newspaper printed it, so that kind of validates the story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then the, the, it's possible that the people of the town were, you know, like they would if it was a serial killer or they would if it was, you know, any other type of story. They all believed it and they all said there's something out there. We don't know what it is, but there's some type of weird thing that possibly will hurt me and my children and my family members. So, yeah, I think that it is possible that mass hysteria was a factor in this or that it was the actual cause of this whole thing. But um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I have a mixed opinion about that. You know, like I was saying earlier, I think that people see things and that it could really happen. But it, it also could be. It also could just be, it could be some teenagers who were like, we're going to make this crazy story up. We're going to scare the town. It's going to be a big prank. And then it got out of hand. Mm. So that is our theories about the Mothman. Currently, today, the people of Point Pleasant have really embraced the Mothman story and have even made it into a huge tourism spectacle. They have embraced the myth as a classic West Virginian mountain ghost story. The mountain people of West Virginia have a long history of oral folk stories, and the Mothman has been happily added into that catalog. So if there's anything that's good to take away from this, it's that they've embraced it, and they've said, we're going to make this a part of our legacy. We're going to have people come here so that they can visit the town that this story happened in. And I think that that's a really nice touch um, that I found in my research was that the mountain people of West Virginia, they do have this long tradition of oral storytelling that from what I could read and what I could see that historians who are local to the area said, it's a lot of times it's ghost stories that they're telling their kids. It's a lot, that's, that's what's passed down from grandparents to kids to, you know, grandkids is spooky ghost stories and that's a big part of their culture and so the mothman got added into it so mm. whether it's real or not i do like that part of it right and i and think that that's it's like an industry now right they have do they have like a mothman cafe oh they they have like a mothman fair like a whole thing they have cafes and stores they have a huge statue of the mothman in the town that has fucking abs like it's ripped it's really i don't know there's probably like mothman Sexy fan mothman. fiction out there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's but, a wattpad stories of the mothman oh yeah there's definitely wattpad there's definitely mothman core out there who are like sexy <laughs> mothman i don't doubt it the mothman flew into my room and it was this bulbous mosquito dick <laughs> <laughs> With his sexy he red crawled, beady he flew eyes on top of me, but yeah, so that's kind of where the story of the Mothman resides and rests today. Hmm. Um, but to sum it all up, I am gonna say that I if 
if it's a zero being I don't believe it and a hundred percent being I without a doubt believe it, I'm gonna say that I'm like sixty percent. Sixty five. I'm gonna say more on the side of believing the monster. Yeah. And I don't know if I believe it as one hundred percent. Do you think he's still alive? Or do you think he happened for a little bit and then No, I think that the Mothman creature is probably still alive. I think that I mean it would it might have kids. It might have little Mothman babies. Yeah. Moth children. Exactly. Moth boys and girls. Whether it's alive or not, I do think that I kind of sway on the side of belief. So I'm a hashtag Mothman believer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, for some reason, I don't know why, but this story in my childhood, even into my adulthood, it has stuck with me, I would say more than any other cryptid tale. Um, And that's why I wanted to share it. I want to share it because this is the one that it really stayed with me, terrified me, traumatize me. I think every time I look out my kitchen windows at night, I'm going to see the Mothman looking back at me. So, yeah, now I hope to have traumatized somebody else Mm. by sharing this Mothman story with you. And, of course, it could be a big scam for tourism. You know, it's always a possibility. But that newspaper story was real. You can't deny that. Mm. That, you know, they did print it. So that lends a little bit of believability to it. Sure. But, yeah, so that is... The Mothman for today. Please go look it up. Look the pictures up. Um, look up the town. They've got a whole website dedicated to it. Um, yeah. So just go down the Mothman rabbit hole if you have time because it's a good rabbit hole to go down. There's lots of stories. Uh, go watch the Mothman Prophecies movie or read the book if you want to get even further into it. But that's that's what I have for the Mothman. So how do you feel? Do you believe it? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm more apt to disbelieve. I think I'm more inclined to be like to call bullshit, you know, and be like, man, like they were they were making it up, or it's the mass hysteria thing, mm-hmm. or they thought they saw something. They they did see something, but it wasn't a Mothman. You know, it was an owl that the it looked bigger than it was. Yeah. And or, I mean, like them. I said, these are some kids of the area. They could have lied about it, thought it was a big prank, but then it got out of hand, and now they've got to stick with their story. So I, I'm more I don't know because also, hey, who who are we to say? They could have experienced something. Yeah. And and there were other eyewitnesses from the town who alleged that they saw something flying around. So. Sure. And there's the newspaper article. You know, there's some things It's that easy make... to dismiss. It's easy to call them crazy and be like, ah, it doesn't exist. Well, and see, for me, I think that this is easy to be like, let's dive deeper into this. Yeah, but they very well could have saw something, you know? Who who knows? Yeah. And that, that's, the, that's the fun. That's the legend, of the, the, the tale, the myth. That's the fun of, of cryptids, right, is... Is it's unsolved. They, we they, don't know. They might be out there. Yeah. It's possible that these people are telling the truth and they really saw some, you know, weird, crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's what makes the Mothman story so compelling is yes. because it is such a good, it's the perfect cryptid story. That's a good one. Yeah. Mothman is a good one. 
Really All right, really. so I'm going to give you the stage, let you take it away now. So tell me about your creepy crawly cryptid. Yes. So the cryptid that I chose today, well, one of them, I wanted to keep it local. So I looked at South Carolina cryptids, because we are in South Carolina, was the legend of the boo hag. The boo hag, you say? Boo hag. Tell me about the boo hag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the boo hag. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, have you felt extra tired recently? Yeah, but that's because I have an autoimmune disorder. That despite a full <laughs> night's sleep, you wake up feeling exhausted and drained? What I just said. Then you very well might be falling victim to a famous Gullah cryptid known as the Boo Hag. Let me call my doctor up right fucking now and tell him, sorry, bitch, I don't actually have a fucking autoimmune disorder. I'm getting haunted by the goddamn Boo Hag. <laughs> yeah, you don't... What is this medication for? Is it going to protect me against yeah, the Boo Hag? Yeah, yeah. What do I need to do to get rid of the Boo Hag? So this is a Gullah uh, tail. Okay. We love that. Yes. Uh, in Gullah lore. And... For those of you unfamiliar with the Gullah culture, mm -hmm. it's an African-American uh, ethnic group and culture mm -hmm. that is predominantly in the low country regions of South Carolina, the coastal regions, the sea islands of South Carolina, North Carolina, and Florida. Mm -hmm. um, and it came from the Central to West African slave trade that brought these people over here yeah. and... They have settled in the low country. Yeah, they've, they've made a place for themselves in this fucked up world that they were brought into. Yes, and in my research it said that a lot of the culture, the African culture, was preserved because the, these people worked, well, it didn't work, but they no, were they enslaved. Were, yeah, they were enslaved. Uh, on very large uh, plantations. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, the the contact with whites was limited. Yeah. So they managed to preserve a, a, a lot of their African culture and also mixed it with the culture they found on the coast yeah. when they arrived. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it has a language, a dialect, the Gullah, Gullah dialect, Geechee dialect mm -hmm. sometimes it's called. And um, it's a Creole culture uh, that preserved their African Linguistic and cultural heritage. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a okay, so culture that, in yeah, South Carolina, low country. the Gullah people. And if you're from South Carolina or if you ever visit Charleston, South Carolina, you can see people making the sweet grass, weaving sweet, gr yeah, sweet grass Yeah, that's definitely baskets. one of the most popular ways to interact with the Gullah culture is to go to the market in Charleston, in downtown Charleston. And you, if you just take a walk through, you'll find a lot of Gullah influence, and you'll find the yeah, You can the see things, yeah. Weavers. You can see parts of Gullah culture on display, the weaving of the sweet yes. grass, et cetera. Yes. Um, so this is their folktale, okay. uh, one of their folktales that has been passed down. Yeah, I don't know why, but I'm already inclined to believe it. Like, I'm already like, yeah, this shit's real. Right, right. As they tell it, the boo hag, they are, 
It's actually not a single thing. It's multiple. There, there are boo hags. Okay. okay. Multiple. Yes. Plural. They are said to be skinless beings that creep into people's homes, climb on their chests, and gain vitality by sucking the breath out of the sleeping person. So it's giving like sleep paralysis, Stephen. Yes, it's giving very much sleep paralysis. Yeah, mixed with like succubus. Yes. So legend has it that boo hags are similar to vampires, but instead of blood, they suck a human's breath by riding the chest of their victims. So they even have a saying in Gullah culture when you go to sleep at night, they say, don't let the hag ride you. That's basically their way of saying good night. Don't let the hag ride you. What if I said that to you when we went to bed tonight? I don't mean, let the hag ride you. I mean, I'd be like, I'd say it back to you. I don't want the hag to ride me. For hags to go riding, they must take off this, their skin and hide it so they can use it later. So it is said that these boo hags have no skin at all. When they're actually attacking their victims, they have no skin because they take it off and hide it for later. Mm-hmm. And they're blood red in color. And they're, they're completely, have a, they have a raw appearance, like slimy yeah. raw appearance, yeah. appearance where it's hard to, to grab, grab on to them. Yeah. They feel warm to the touch just as raw meat might feel. Warm oh, raw God. meat might feel. And so it has no skin of its own. It cannot walk into sunlight, and it must feed to live. So it feeds on sucking the breath from the sleeping person. Yes. And they rely on the cover of night and their sleeping victims to survive. So this is a popular folktale in the Gullah culture, and... Yeah, to me, it sounds a lot like sleep paralysis. I've had sleep paralysis before. I've heard my friends tell me their tales of sleep yeah, paralysis. Yeah, that's what I was about to say is there's so many people who talk about sleep paralysis. There's variations of it, but there's a lot of people who say that they feel a weight on their chest. Yes, and if you look at old paintings of sleep paralysis. It's always like a demonic-looking creature it's, it's on their chest. It's a painting of a person sleeping and a demon on their chest. Yeah. Many describe them as ugly old women or young beautiful women mm. so there's there's a female aspect to it the most popular story i found it was a story of a guy who i think he married he met a, a young, young woman mm-hmm. i think he married her mm-hmm. and she was perfect at the beginning mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he woke up to smelling rotten flesh mm-hmm. and he, he like felt he reached over and she felt slimy right mm-hmm. And it was really a boo hag, yeah, who had, you know, stolen the skin of a of a young woman and was yeah. masquerading herself, or itself as this woman, so that when he was sleeping every night, she could suck his breath and his life force out of him. Mm. This is otherwise known as the story of me and Keller's relationship. Because <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I'm seven and a half years younger than Keller, so I'm actually just using him to suck his life force out. <laughs> I don't have young. much left. <laughs> I don't have much life force left. You ain't gonna. You gotta pick another victim here soon. Yeah, I'm about to discard you. How how do you prevent a boo hag? Yes. So. Or how did they prevent a boo hag? 
So when, when the hag is done riding, it flies off to retrieve its skin. The victim awakes only feeling tired. The boo hag doesn't kill the victim because that's their source of energy mm-hmm. for them to ride, quote unquote. So they don't kill the person sleeping. But it, but it states that if a person starts struggling, the hag would consider them not worth riding again and would kill them and take their skin. So if you fight back... If you fight back, it takes your skin. So but if you don't fight back and let it do it, let it do its let thing... Let that shit ride you. Let it ride you. Then it'll just keep riding you because it's, you're giving it life. But if you struggle... But what if it just keeps coming back to you and sucks you of all your life well it did say over long periods individuals have died of exhaustion christ because you don't get a full night's rest because this thing is it's sucking tender. your breath out of you yeah maybe that maybe that's what i, I have sleep apnea that's what they call it but maybe Ooh, i have a boo hag that's taking my breath yeah and i can't and we breathe call it sleep apnea now but and maybe the mask is, like, protecting you from the boo hag. Yeah. Well, it hasn't stolen my skin yet, so that's good. Yeah. That's good. Thank God for that. So this is very concerning to people, mm-hmm. you know, naturally. So they've come up with ways to ward off and protect yourself from the boo hag. Okay. So methods of combat- combating the hag include laying a loaded shotgun across the head of the bed. Not to shoot it. Now, you might think that. This is not a NRA endorsement. Okay. Okay? Hags detest the smell of gunpowder. Could you not just get gunpowder then and just lay that out? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, You don't need the whole shotgun. It's kind of scary. Yeah. So, they don't like the smell of sulfur, of gunpowder. Yeah. Or what if you just get rotten eggs? That's sulfuric. Yeah, I guess anything sulfuric you can use. Yeah. I'm just I'm just theorizing here. Yes. But the, so but the best way they say mm. to avoid a visit from a boo hag is to keep a straw broom or a brush with many bristles close by to your bed. Mm. See, now we're getting into witchy territory. Yes, boo hags are apparently curious and compulsive creatures, and they can't seem to pass a straw broom without counting every last strand. So you want it to have hella Strains in Many it. bristles, yes. Because by the time they High finish bristles. counting, they typically don't have enough time to get back to their skin before the sun comes up because they can't be in the sun without their skin on. Mm. So if they get caught in the sun without their skin on, I, they die. Ooh. Yes. It also says sieves or strainers will also work, colanders, etc., because they have to count all the holes. Mm. So they're obsessive with counting, apparently. Okay. Yes. So, so get you a real big broom, an industrial size broom with like the fine little bristles on it, you know? Yeah. And set that in your room and then get one of those like micro colanders, the one that real tiny holes in it. Yes. Put both of those and I, you, I think you. You're good. Yeah. You've done yourself. It's like a dream catcher, but for. Oh the yeah. Hags. You can hang the colander on your bed like a dream catcher. Yeah. You just wear it on your head. <laughs> <laughs> So it says, if a hag was caught in the daylight without her skin, it was believed that she would die. Some folk tales tell uh, tell of people finding the hag's skin hanging in her closet and filling it with salt, which is said to burn and severely injure her when the hag puts her skin back on. Let me tell you right now, if 
well, we don't have closets, but if I woke up and there was a skin suit, I wouldn't hanging, sprinkle some salt on it. No, I think I would burn our house down to the ground. <laughs> I would probably get the CIA involved, not the Belton Police Department, not the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, President, burn our house down. And we would move promptly if I found a skin suit hanging anywhere in our room. I'm well, not you, putting well, salt in it. You'll know what it is now. I've informed you. Yeah, but that's even more reason. And we just sprinkle some no salt on it and be done. Okay, well, we can put some salt in our house and then we can leave. Well, that doesn't kill it, though. That's it what I'm saying. It doesn't it. kill it. Yeah, it just, so. just kind of har- It just hurts it a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if it would get killed if you had one of those fake sun lamps. You just had a tanning bed and you just opened it up. That's how you can catch boo <laughs> UV light. Yeah, so that's a that's a fun one. It's it's from fun? South Carolina. Um, I don't know about fun, but interesting. Very yes. interesting. Historical, yes. 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 Horrifying, yes. I think that one is scarier than the Mothman because it it's not like something that you see out of your car. It flies around. You're asleep. You're, you're asleep. You're probably paralyzed. Right. And you don't even, you may not even know that it's happening. Right. You just all of a sudden wake up and you're extremely tired, which can be, you know, a number of reasons, not just a boo hag. But that possibility is definitely out there. Yes. So there it is, folks. That's the boo hag legend Boo-hag of the Gullah culture of South Carolina. Well, I like that one. I mean, I don't like it in that way, but I like it as a story. Yeah. yeah I never was a heard good one. that one. I like that one. Yeah. All right. So shall we move on? Yes. To the do you next have a, one? Do you have another one for us? I do. I do have another one. Nice. I'm going to tell you what it's called. Yes. It's called The California Dark Watchers. Mm. Yeah. It already sounds creepy. Yeah. It sounds horribly spooky. Mm. Terrifying. Well, they're in California, so actually doesn't sound scary to me. Okay, but Dark Watchers, you know, I feel like that is terrifying. I feel like if you said any state and Dark Watchers after it, it would be terrifying. Yeah. And California is such a vast state. It's got so much, you know, na- natural. Sorry for y'all. <laughs> what? I said, sorry for y'all. Okay, the Boo Hag is just as bad. Oh, yeah. Well, we, ha- we have the Boo Hag, they have the Dark Watchers. Yeah, I think that they're equally bad. Mm. All right. So, let's get into the Dark Watchers. The Dark Watchers is a name given to a group of entities in California folklore alleged to be seen observing travelers along the St. Lucia Mountains. Okay? The Dark Watchers are described as tall, sometimes giant-sized, featureless, dark silhouettes often wearing brimmed hats or using walking sticks. They are most often reported to be seen in the hours around sunset and sunrise. They are said to motionlessly watch travelers from the horizon along the mountain range. According to the legend, no one has seen one up close, and if someone were to approach them, they would disappear. Hmm. Yes. So they just seen the shadows of them. Yeah. The, so out, just the outline of them. Yeah. So pic, so picture this. So 
this the St. Lucia mountains are not like South Carolina Blue Ridge mountains. Like these are mountain mountains. These are big, tall hiking, getting up in their mountains, mm-hmm. um, with lots of hills, lots of rough terrain. And they're cloaked in, you know, in trees and, and, natural wildlife. Mm-hmm. So you're going on a hike. Let's say, you already did your hike and you're coming back down the mountain and it's sunset. And what would be a normally beautiful scene, you look up, you look up at the horizon line, at the the top of the mountain line to observe this beautiful sunset view. But instead, you see literally a giant-sized dark figure watching you. And a fedora. Yes, in a fedora. That would make it a little less scary. I'd be well, like, fedora, think, really? Think more, think more like a bowler hat. You know, like the, uh, the okay. man who that's, wears a bowler okay. hat. That's, that's scary. That's better. That's a little better. Yeah. And possibly has a walking stick. But it's, just keep in mind, giant-sized. Like, mm. not seven feet tall, giant-sized sometimes. Mm. Okay, so, and it's said that if you try to get close to them, it will disappear. Hmm. So I'm going to pull up a picture, a rendering of what people have described the Dark Watchers to be. Now, this is a very spooky style rendering. This is not like someone drew it in the mountains and everything. This is just a very stylized picture of it. So Hmm. I'm going to let you take a look at this. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, they're... Just shadowy figures. Mm-hmm. You can just see the outline. They're yep. all black. You can see the eyes, though. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them have faces almost kind of a bill-like face. Like I think that that's more the artist's choice. But it, I mean, it still is supposed to depict kind of like a human figure. Yes. Dark silhouette. But big. Big, scary. And it can only happen at sunset or sunrise. All right. So... Back to the story. The Dark Watchers have often been attributed to Native American folklore, specifically the Chumash people who have historically inhabited the central and southern coastal areas of California. But this claim has recently been somewhat disputed that it came from Native American folklore. Others claim that the tale originated with Spanish settlers into the area Mm. who were coming into the area and they saw these things as they were developing the area. These colonizers came in and supposedly said this story. They're trying to take yet another thing from the Native Americans. Yes. Now, I will say, in my research, I did see a few articles that said these Chumash people have said they're not familiar with this story or they, they, the people who have been spoken to you know, this could be just a few people saying this. I'm not quite sure. But I did want to note that it has been um, disputed, the origins of this. So you have the Spanish settler version. You have the Native American folklore version. But either way, this tale has been around for probably 200, 300 years or so around right. that time. Right. And possibly happening before that. But just as far as we have recorded history... It's been around for about that long. Hmm. So, according to the folklore, the Watchers are tasked 
with protecting and observing those who come into the mountain area. So they are said to be very stern protectors, that they watch you. They're making sure you come and go and you do what you're supposed to do. But that is all that we know about them. We don't know anything else. There's not really a lot of information as to what would happen if you were to come near one, if you were to directly encounter one. Um, The only thing that people do say is that allegedly, according to the tale, if you were to encounter one face to face, you it could it could make you disappear. Uh-huh. It could make you go away. I don't know where to, but it could make you go bye bye. They think. They think, yes. yes. So So there's not a lot of uh stories of harm from these creatures. So no. we don't know if they're malevolent. We don't know if they're bad. Or if they're just here just to observe. They're just right. truly watchers or observers. I mean, they look but they look Enough to scare the shit out of you. Yes. Of course. I mean, I think if I saw what they're describing, I would be horrified. And and according to all of this, they say to not look at it. You know, they say if you see it, keep going along your way. Don't look at it for too long. Ignore it. I did find this interesting. So the Dark Watchers were most famously given a brief mention in John Steinbeck's book, Flight. So, I do think that that, I'm going to read the quote to you where he specifically mentions them, Hmm. but I do find that to be really fascinating, that it was sort of canonized in, you know, a modern American. famous American writer. Yeah. I'm assuming Steinbeck's American. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to do a fact check on that later, just to make sure, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, Yeah, so this is the quote. Pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once, on a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he looked quickly away, for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were, nor where they lived, but it was better to ignore them and to never show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. Steinbeck knew what was up. Yeah, apparently. He said, look, just ignore him. You see it, it's literally terrifying, but you keep on. You keep walking. They might just be, you know, just scoping out the scene, making sure nobody fucks around. Yeah, They're just I mean, stewards of the land. So let's get into some possible explanations and theories as to what could cause or what are the dark watchers. So the first theory I'm going to present to you is hallucinations or illusions from exhaustion or isolation. So when you think about all of this, it takes place in the mountains. People are going on a hike. They're away from any society. They're deep. Or they're taking drugs. Or is that just me and my friends? Well, it did say hallucinations. So, yeah, they're... In California, taking a little bit of something, going for a little hikey, going to explore their mind, and instead they see the dark watchers. But but what they're saying is is that it's not actually real, that it's just something your mind yes. conceives. 
do yes. you know born out of isolation or a hallucination um, from exhaustion and isolation and fear and the the you know sort of the things that we've touched on this Could whole be. episode sounds plausible. I definitely think that's plausible. Now, this is the theory that I think that I believe. So, pay attention to this. There is another theory called the Brocken Spectre or the Mountain Spectre, which occurs in certain atmospheric conditions when the sun is at a certain angle. And so, let's remember these sightings only happen at sunset or sunrise. Mm. So that definitely counts as certain atmospheric conditions when the sun is at a specific angle. Mm. So I definitely find this theory highly plausible. And I'm going to ask you if you think it's plausible, but I'm going to show you a picture of a Brocken or mountain specter. Okay. And then this is a real phenomenon that happens. This is a real phenomenon that happens. A natural phenomenon. Yes. And it's an optical illusion. And I just want you to see it. Yeah. I want you to see it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brock Inspector spelled, if you want to look it up, B-O-R-O-C-K-E-N-S-P-E-C-T-E-R. And yes, it is. It looks like it looks somebody's like in man. front of the sun. It looks like a man with his arms like spread mist. out, and he's in front of the sun as a shadow of a person. Yes, and so yeah, I mean that's. And this is a real photograph. This isn't a rendering of it. So why does it have the shape of a person like that? I don't know. It's just an optical illusion. I don't. I don't actually know why it happens. Is that photo taken in California or does it happen other places? I don't see where it was taken. Um, the, it's just a it's a picture I found of it when I looked well, at it. Yeah, that, seem, that seems likely. I mean, it looks just like a person standing there. Yeah, and I think so... People a and lot, even combined with exhaustion. Yes, when it, you combine the two. Like, that's even more confirmation like i did for the last one i'm gonna ask you what you think about this i think that this is this specter i think it's an amazing story i think that it's you know this beautiful native american folklore or possibly spanish settler folklore we'll you know leave that up to you to decide but i think that it's i think that it's a really cool story um it was really fascinating to look up into um to research, but I do think that it is. I think that it's the the mountain specter. That's my sort of conclusion on it. Yeah, I th- I think I'm on that tr- <clears throat> train as well. Yeah, and when you look up the picture, it looks like a person standing there. Yeah, and it looks like a giant. It looks like yeah. a giant sized man right. standing on the horizon, looking down at you. With most other paranormal stuff, though, whenever I hear the governmental explanation of it. Yeah, the scientific. It's just a weather phenomenon. It's just ball lightning or whatever. I'm I'm usually skeptical of that. I'm usually like, that wasn't a weather phenomenon. Yeah. They saw some shit. Um, Yeah, or they're just trying to cover up up for some actual insane thing that's happening. But this one, seeing the picture Mm -hmm. of the... 
the natural. The spectre. Uh, yes, the spectre. Um, yeah, I could definitely see how you could think that's a person. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine if we were on like a two or three mile hike in the crazy mountains and we're, we have no frame of other buildings or lights or light pollution and around my, us. And my fat ass is huffing and puffing. Yeah, I'm about like, to pass out, about to have pass no out. oxygen in my brain. I feel like I'm about to die. And I look up and see that shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm going to freak out. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm on the side of the specter. Yeah, but but do look it up. Um, and if you want to look at it on Instagram, I'm going to add photos um, on Instagram of all of these different cryptids we talk about. So if you want a reference point while you're watching, or I should say while you're listening to the episode, um, go look at there. I'm going to add a slideshow. And uh, it's in the midnight hour pod. And I'll have everything compiled there for you to look at as you listen to the episode. But yeah, that that's the California Dark Watchers. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a good story. That brings us to our final cryptid of the evening. Okay. So and final one. Final one <clears throat> is the Pope Lick Monster. <laughs> I the one my the ones I picked are like literally the innuendos. most absurd names ever. Yeah. yeah, one like literally rides you and sucks you, <laughs> and then this, and this one, one's licking you. Yeah, no, it actually doesn't. But let's take a drive to Kentucky, okay, where there is a chilling legend that has been passed down in hushed whispers around campfires, quiet dinner table conversations and in old wives' tales. Just outside of Louisville, in eastern Jefferson County, the Norfolk Southern Railroad runs right through the parklands of Floyd's Fork. And it's within this particular stretch of trestle that the Pope Lick Monster is said to reside. Now, the Pope Lick Monster also goes by the Goat Man. Mm. <laughs> which you may have heard of before. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in the goat. There's story. multiple goat men. There's one in, in Maryland. There's okay. Well, I'm familiar ones. with the Maryland story, so this is this is the Kentucky. Goat this man. is the Kentucky one. Yes. Okay. Um, and it's a beast that is part man, part goat, and part sheep. Also called Jesus. the sheep. Yes, also called the sheep man in some circles as well. And I know that a lot of people, when they do the goat, half goat, half man, a lot of people, if you were, like, raised in Christianity at all, you often go to immediately, like, Satan. You get Baphomet yes. imagery immediately. Yes, immediately. If you don't know, look it up. <laughs> so he is reported to live beneath a railroad trestle. Mm. Uh, okay, over- wait, what is a railroad trestle? So... I'm going to describe it for you. Okay, okay, because I'm, I'm yes. a little bit behind on that. It's, it's a bridge that uh, a train goes over. Okay. It's okay. a bridge with a train track on it. Okay, yeah, I know yes. exactly what that is now. Yes. So this particular one in Kentucky's Pope Lick Creek, it, go, it goes over Kentucky's Pope Lick Creek. It also goes over a highway. Okay. Um, is a location that's seen more than its fair share of tragedy and sorrow Throughout the years, oh, that's sad. 
Yes. Since its construction in the late 1800s, the trestle has been responsible for dozens of deaths and countless injuries. Ooh. Yes. It's an unsafe bridge. Yeah, so if you look up unsafe trestle. This is the this is the trestle that I'm talking about. I'm showing it. Oh my to god, Lauren. it's way bigger than I thought. Yes. Okay, so yes, I there was it imagining is. like a small towny, like little ra- railroad yes. bridge that's got like the steel siding on it. No, this one is super tall. So in Stand By Me, if you've ever seen that movie, the scene where the boys are crossing the railroad bridge. And the the train ends up coming after them, and they have to jump off. That is it. That's what this looks like, except for that there's all these trees around it, and it is crossing a river. So literally, picture that as we're telling this story. Yes, it's an old steel railroad trestle. It's a hundred foot tall, mm-hmm. so there's a hundred foot drop down to the ground, and it's just solid ground. There's a there's a small river creek yeah, that runs. Yeah, that's not gonna catch you it's under it yeah you. and there's also a road that runs under it as well yes yeah, so this thing's massive yes and it's it's a rusty old steel structure mm-hmm. um so there's been many deaths associated with this trestle there's been injuries and a lot of them are attributed to in the wives' tales, the goat man. The goat man. The goat man. So he's said to live under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, bridge, trestle, I'm going to use those interchangeably. He's like a little troll under the bridge. He's, he's, the, he's a the, goat. The, the goat troll. Yes, part human, part goat, usually depicted as having ram's horns. Ram horns. Uh, but other parts of his body may look more human. Um, but some of, them, some of the depictions have him with claw-like human hands mm. uh, or a human chest, mm-hmm. much like a minotaur, like a goat version of a yeah. minotaur, a human body with a goat head. Okay. Yes. His body's deformed, his skin is deathly pale, mm. and his hair is greasy and snarled. Mm. Dirty yes. boy. Needs a shower. And basically uses manipulation, mimicry, to get you to go on the bridge. Mm. And then either a train will come out of nowhere and, and fucking hit run you, your ass over. or he'll he will convince you, coerce you to jump off the bridge. It says according sister. to some accounts, the creature uses either hypnosis or voice mimicry. So yeah, he so, probably yeah. talks like somebody you know to say, "Hey, come out here." Hey, come out to look, so he, he tries to lure trespassers onto the trestle yes. to meet their death before. And hypnosis meaning you just literally go into like a yeah, state. He, yeah, he hypnotizes you just, where you yeah. mindlessly walk out onto the tracks. Honestly, that's a sleigh. That's a sleigh for the goat man. Right? I mean, he's... He just, he like he's shakes. Real he shakes his ass a little bit. <laughs> he hypnotizes you. <laughs> Um, but uh, there's also stories of him jumping down from the bridge onto oncoming cars, passing Holy by. Holy shit. That's a long fall for him. Yes. And does he, like, crush the people in the car? I guess, yeah. I guess he crushes the people in the car and kills Christ. them. And there, uh, other legends tell... And there's actual documented examples of people dying in weird circumstances around this. Many, Yes, there's... It is... 100% real that many people have died on this bridge. And where this place is in Kentucky? It's in Kentucky, Okay, yes. so don't go to this place is what I'm saying, what I'm hearing. Yes, yeah, so 
they're really adamant about not going up on this place. And let's just say, let's okay, put so it they're out set like the authority. There's the an people. eight foot fence around it with signs everywhere that says, "Do not crawl up on here." Do okay, not get I up literally on here. just got shivers down my spine. Yes, there's fence. The fence fact around that there's it. fencing. I mean, you have to climb a fence. To be fair, there is a train that's going to go over it. I'm guessing it's still an active railway. Yeah, so that's one of the misconceptions. Because it looks so old, it's rusty, People run think down. that you can just go. People think that there's no train that goes okay. over it. Okay, so that's still, probably, that's the main reason for the fence. Yes, it's still a heavily used major rail artery into Louisville. Okay, so I so did heavy, get very, I got the, the chills because I'm like, okay, these people are putting up this fence to block from the goat man but this is an active railway this is an active railway trains cross the bridge several times a day Uh, so it's easy for someone to get caught atop it while oncoming trains barrel down on them yeah so don't go do don't you know don't go do graffiti up there yes norfolk southern railway uh they've put out things that have urged citizens not to climb the trestle saying that if they were caught they would be arrested Mm. there's a you have to climb an eight-foot fence so, again, do not go and visit this place. And if you look, or even drive under it, if you have, if, you know, if you have to pass through Kentucky, find an alternate route. Don't. Drive if you under look the at the trestle, there's no room on either side of the tracks. So you have to walk on the tracks. You have to walk on the tracks, and if a train was to come, there's nothing you can do except jump off. There's or get no, smushed by the train. Yes, or yes. So there, yeah, there's, there's stories of people who went out there and did it and they tried to the train came and they were trapped on there they tried to hang off the side there are survivors mm-hmm. um who have went up there and almost died but survived and what did they say <sighs> mixed things they th- a lot of them were looking for the goat man so it was oh, thrill so seekers who wanted to go find the goat man and oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunately, met their demise. But a lot of them were saying that they didn't hear the train in, until it was really close mm, to them. That could be another element of it. Yeah, so they didn't know the train was coming until it was too late, and they were already on the bridge, and the train was too. Mm. Yeah, so there's some origin stories okay. of the goat man. Yeah, I, w- I definitely want to hear that. Yes. So one story says that it was a circus freak who vowed revenge after being mistreated. Hashtag. Oh, my God. Why do I keep saying hashtag? I need to be stopped. I need to be put down. I was going to say Phantom of the Opera girlies. Yeah, it was a Phantom circus was freak. was a circus freak. Who vowed revenge and after being mistreated. People. Yeah, this is a much less sexy version of the Phantom of the Opera. Instead of ha- having a mask and, and like Gerard Butler playing you in a movie, and he's, a, and he's literally as a goat head. Music of the night to you. Yeah, he has a goat head. With greasy hair. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah not Phantom. So that's one version of how the goat man came about. And in another version, it is said, the monster escaped after a train derailed on the trestle. So it was a monster that they had on the in a car, in a rail car, and it, the train derailed on that trestle, and it escaped. See, that to me, my gut instantly says, that sounds like a fun story to tell at a campfire, but, like, probably not real. 
That's just what yes. my gut says. Another know. version commonly told by locals of the area claims the monster is really the twisted reincarnation of a farmer who sacrificed goats in exchange yeah. for satanic powers. Hell yeah. I already love this one. This is the one I'm leaning towards. Yeah. <laughs> so a farmer, you know, his crops weren't doing well that year. Mm-hmm. Corn was mm-hmm. down. So he went to a crossroad, summoned a demon. Started sacrificing goats. Small price to pay for, for some some wealth. Kick-ass crops. Yeah. So it's a re- it's his reincarnated form, and now he haunts the the bridge, the, the trestle. Bri- the, yes, the Pope Lake tr- railway tr- railway <laughs> trestle. Good God, the railway. Uh, yeah, for eternity. Yeah, I definitely like that story. I feel like that is the most in line with what you would think of when you think of a goat man. Yes, and. A lot of the stories that I read, there weren't any actual sightings of the goat man. Mm. Uh, just just kind of like story. the Watchers. They it's dark figures. If you go to Kentucky, mm-hmm. you could see this bridge in eastern Jefferson County. Yeah, it's still used today by the Norfolk Southern Railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, don't do that. Don't go there. No, you because, just look up pictures of it and go yes. there in your mind. Because I think there was over a dozen deaths so it's related a, yeah, to this. It's a high-volume area. And were a lot of those people people who went to go visit it, the goat man? Some of it was Some of it, some was, of it was people who just climbed on the track, and the train came, and they couldn't get off. Mm. And But some of it was people who were looking for the goat man, but some of it wasn't. Some well, of it was just, if you get on this train sad. trestle, it's so high up, and there's no room on the sides that if the train comes, you're done. That's sad. It is. Don't climb on train tracks if you can. Don't yeah. climb on them. So that is the story of the Popelik monster, also known as the Goat Man, also known as the Sheep Man. Possibly a farmer who sacrificed goats to Satan. Yes. Possibly a circus freak, a la Phantom of the Opera, but not fun like Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> not fun. So, yeah, that was... The story of the goat man. Well, that was sad and sad for the people who passed away so untimely and in such a horrific way. Yeah, it is sad. It really is. That really that's sad. like the main tragedy from that. Yeah. But also the actual story of the goat man, I think any goat man in any context is really scary. What is your takeaway? I'm not sure. I, I whether the goat man exists or not, mm. it's almost like he succeeded. Yeah, because people went out there because to see him. Even if he wasn't real or not, people yeah, died People went in out his there name. Because of him mm-hmm. and ended up dying. So maybe it's that. not even like an actual entity. Maybe it's like the telling of the story. If it's told to the right person who's so enthralled by the story of the goat man that they have to go out there and then they unfortunately pass away maybe right. that is the legend of the goat man i mean you you went to crybaby bridge i did because you heard about it i went to the rock house because i heard about it that's true that's very true it lures us in so whether these beings are real they do the lure story, us in. the stories of them like i take on a life and and lure us in so i guess there's a part of me that 
does get the people who would go to the bridge. Personally, I probably wouldn't because that danger is a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, that's real danger. Yeah. Do not go to the bridge. Yeah. The places that me and Keller went to were like not, you know, it's like a ton of people go to these places. Now, we're not advocating for you to go to these places. Don't do that either. But I do, like, I get the appeal. Yeah. I I know we have been and will continue to be you know, fascinated by these stories and what they are and what they mean. And what would convince you that some of these, these cryptids are real? Uh, not, not you experiencing them, not going there and experiencing them yourself. What, what, uh, what else could convince you that these are real? I think, I think maybe like, I think two things Bigfoot, any of them. Yeah, I think two things for me would probably convince me. One being someone who I love and care about seeing one of these things and coming and telling me. I think that that almost would convince me more than anything because, you know, they're coming to me genuinely, authentically saying, I saw this thing, I experienced this, and it was terrifying. But if you want to talk about scientific proof if you want to talk about seeing it i think a real video you know a real good a good video a good picture Hmm. you know it's like we just watched nope recently um it's a movie that jordan peele directed and their whole mission throughout the movie was to get photographic good photographic evidence of the alien and so i think that getting that good shot, that undeniable proof of something. I mean, I guess you can still, there's people who would say it's fake, you made it up. But I think beyond just having like really shitty photos or like renderings of it, I think someone getting a good shot, a good video of something, and it's not just in like the History Channel's, you know, top cryptids of America if it I think if it is a headline or makes a story or something I I mean I would definitely be more inclined to believe it yeah see I'm gonna need a little bit more but there's plenty of videos of supposed Bigfoots Mm -hmm. um there's plenty of foot casts of big footed you know humanoid animal Mm -hmm. So I, I would I'm I'm from the school of no body no body no monster. Mm. So that's an interesting take. Yeah, and I thought it. So Michael Shermer is an author, and he he's a kind of a skeptic author who does a lot about par- paranormal uh, subjects. Yeah. So he writes in his book, until a body is produced, skepticism is the appropriate response. Mm. And for me. That's kind of where I am. It's like if I if if I don't see a body alive or dead, alive of course more convincing. It would take a seeing the body. You know, if 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 they discovered a goat man body. Mm-hmm. Uh, even then I would still be skeptical. Even yeah. then I would be like they could have faked it. Well, maybe it's just blah. the nature of the person who experiences it. Like you are naturally more inclined to skepticism. I'm naturally more inclined to being 
to believing it. And that's kind of my thing is if these cryptids are out there, mm-hmm. and especially the ones, the terrestrial ones, is that the right word I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah, earthbound ones. Earthbound on land. Yeah. I feel like we would have to come across a body. And, you know, because like Bigfoot, he lives in the woods around, like people have sighted him supposedly. Eventually, wouldn't a hunter or a hiker or anyone just but stumble upon a body? I think that there are body? stories about that. And it's like, do you believe it or not? Because Why didn't they take it home? Why didn't they get the body? Like, holy shit, here's a body. But would you believe body. if Billy Joe, the Montana hunter, goes out and finds a body and pulls it in, and he goes and calls the authorities and says, I found this crazy fucking body... They whisk the body away. That very well could be. And then they publish an article about it. Would you believe Billy Bob that he found a body? And maybe, maybe, or maybe they tell him they pay him off. They say, "You found something. We're going to donate it. We're going to give it to this university. They're going to study. We're giving it to the CIA." Maybe that's happened. Maybe maybe Jim Bob from wherever found something and turned it into the FBI or whoever, and they they said, "Here's some hush money." Made it disappear. Yeah. yeah, I'm more like if a cryptid exists, it's in the ocean. Because we, we've explored a lot of the land on the earth. Yeah. Now, there's some parts maybe we haven't, I'm sure, but I think for the majority we have. Yeah. And I feel like a body would have turned up, at, turned this up at this point. But in the ocean, we haven't explored hardly any of the, the ocean. Yeah, we should definitely get into that i'm a little more skeptical than you yeah about these things yeah i'm a, but l- I'm I, a little I still bit have more op- on the believer side but i still have an open mind you know yeah. uh i still I'm, I'm not saying they don't exist mm-hmm. but um i feel like i need some hard hard evidence yeah i need some a body or or i just need to experience it firsthand yeah of course i don't i don't think i want to experience it firsthand but i like hearing the stories about it well that's cryptids that's cryptids that's cryptids 101 (laughs) yes yes to you we're glad to to have you listening along with us and if you made it this far then my goodness thank you I know this is gonna be a long episode yeah but i think it's worth i think it's worth the listen thanks again for joining us. Yeah, I hope that you have a wonderful day, wonderful evening, wonderful weekend. I hope that life is treating you kindly. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, from our couch to yours, this <laughs> has been another installment of the Midnight Hour podcast. And we appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. And have a good then, week. Bye. Get some sleep. <laughs>